Hey, my name is Jeremy. I'm one of the pastors here. Delighted to be worshiping together with you on this, one of the most important Christian holidays in the entire year. Let's go ahead and pray and we'll invite God in and then we will continue to worship. Father, we're thankful for everyone you brought here today. Lord, we're dressed nice. We're with our loved ones. We're thinking of our loved ones. We may be missing our loved ones. Lord, whatever our circumstance is this morning, we pray that you would meet our needs. She would touch our hearts and change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's see. There was something else I was supposed to tell you. Oh, yes. Yes. Let's try this. On three, you know the two big words, right, for like today and tomorrow. You know what they are, right? Yes. Okay. So on three, just so you wake me up, make sure I'm here. One, two, three. Oh, thank you. You guys are nice. Merry Christmas. Welcome here. It's a pleasure. I brought something with me today. Let's see if I can find it here. Here it is. It's a little bit hard to see because it's uh, transparent. Anyone see what this is? What is it, kiddos? It's glass. Exactly right. Are you sure you don't want to move up on the front row? Yes? Okay, wait a second. Oh, there it is. Shattered glass. It's still glass. It hasn't changed in that sense, but it's entirely and completely broken. Now, many of you don't know this, but, and this actually explains a lot. My dad is a scientist-ish. Well, he was. He's with Jesus now, but there's my dad. And my mom is a clown, okay? And thus you get me. (laughs) I don't know what that is. I'm off the charts one way or another. I'm weird. It's true. My dad's science type. My mom's a clown. And one of the things that clowns do, do you know what they do besides twisting balloons and stuff like that, kiddos? What do they do? Magic. They do magic. So, for example, I think it's possible that Maybe, just maybe, by the end of today, I will take that glass, rub it all together, and make it new, even better than ever before. Do you believe that I can do that? Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. The moms and dads are looking at me like, no, what is he doing? You're right. It's legitimate, actually, to question me and my magical abilities. There's no such thing as real magic. There's only the power of God and the Holy Spirit. And what you see in real life is actually just tricks or illusions that human people learn how to do. But if, for instance, I was an excellent fixer and I could do magic, then it's possible that by the end of today, that shattered glass may turn into something even better than it was before. What I'm trying to do this morning is illustrate essentially what God is doing in the world. And of course, my illustrations are not perfect, but I think you'll see what I mean by the end of today. Essentially, what I'm trying to do is call you to this reality that Christmas brings us to. This is it. Here's a, here's a picture or a slide of it. It's this sin doesn't win. Have faith in the fix. Sin doesn't win. Have faith in the fix. Here's something broken. 
And actually, I think if I was writing the sermon over again this morning, I'd change it from fix to fixer. And the reason is because the character and sovereignty of God is more important than the outcome. But either way, it's okay. But going back to that previous slide, recognize, here's what I want you to know. What am I trying to say today? This is the one thing I want to get through. We'll move through it in a couple different steps. But I want you to understand that if we have faith in the fixer, in who he is and what he's done, then it gives us fortitude for the fight and may even, in fact, help us to feel just a little bit better. Faith in the fixer, faith in the fix. Sin does not win. So how am I getting there? I want to take three steps this morning. These these are the three steps, the problem, the solution, and the desired outcome. What do I want for you? What do I want for me as a result of this sermon? What are we shooting for today? What is our outcome? You'll find out in just a minute, but here it is. The problem, the solution, and the desired outcome. So the problem is this. I would say the problem is sin. In other words, you, you probably expect that. You're like, okay, you're a preacher. Of course you're going to say problems, sin, 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 you know, blah, 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 preacher, go home, whatever. But here's the thing. If you have a biblical perspective, like if you believe the Bible, if you think it's God's word, then what I'm saying is not just the preacher's soapbox, but is actually the cosmic philosophical underpinnings of the entire way in which our world works. In other words... Everything that goes wrong in the world today, everything is bad. Kids, everything that hurts, the boo-boo on your arm, the cut on your finger, the time when you got sick, all of that comes from one source, and that source is sin. Now, you may be asking yourself the question, you're saying, okay, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. My kid, they're like three years old. Yeah, I mean, they do bad things, but really, what, the flu did they sin and get the flu? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that necessarily that you can look at your life and go one for one and say, okay, this week I feel good. I must be living well. Next week I feel bad. I must be living poorly. Nothing like that. That's health and wealth, and that's not the Bible. But what the Bible does say is this. In Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says this. It says, sin came into the world. We know that. Sin came into the world. How did it get here? Through Adam. And as a result, just like God said, he said, the day you eat of it, you will surely what? Die. And death through sin. And so death spread to all people because all people sinned. In other words, this slope that happened as a result of Adam's first act has affected all of us both by our physical relationship to him, the fact that we are all in some way related to Adam, and as a matter of fact that we also do what Adam did. So he sinned, we sinned, the world is full of sin. It's all a big broken mess. It was a perfect piece of of glass. Then Adam opened the door and boom, everything fell to the ground and shattered. Here's the short version of it. This is what theologians call the fall. And the fall is this. Here's a slide. It's basically we go from perfect, like this perfect transparent piece of glass, to broken. That God created the world free from sin when there was no trouble, there's no sin, there's no death, there's no ouchies, there's no lack. 
Everything is good. And then it breaks. And as a result, what happens to us is this. We experience sin in basically three different ways. This is the problem. Here's the problem that God is going to fix. The way in which we experience sin is this. Number one, just the results of living in a broken world. If you get up this morning and you're wearing sandals, I don't know why you would be, but if Paul Bork was here, he would be. And you walked across the front of this floor, you might cut your foot. Now, did you necessarily sin? No, of course not. It's just just results of living in a messy world. Like there's broken glass and it's in different places and you didn't see it because it's clear and you stepped on it. Now you're cut. Did you sin? No, it's just because you're in this space where there's broken glass. You're in this world where there's messy stuff. This is like if you're sitting at a stoplight and you're just minding your own business, you're following the traffic laws, you're not texting or anything crazy. And all of a sudden, wham, you're rear ended. Was that your fault? Of course not. You experience the results of it, now you're hurt, your property is damaged, but it's not your fault. That's living in a broken world. That's one type of sin that we experience. No fault of our own, bad stuff happened to good people, and that's just the way it is. That's the way it is in a broken world. Now, there's another kind of sin, too, and that is this. There's the sins that we do. Not only do we step on broken glass, but sometimes I actually break the glass myself. Sometimes it's just plain my fault. Whether intentional or unintentional, either way, I broke it, my fault, I'm sorry, my mistake. So there's sins that we do. And the third one is this, sins that people do to us. These are intentional things that hurt us, that are evil, that are harmful, because sin is in the world. So we experience sin in all different kinds of ways. Kids, you know what this is like. Adults, you know what this is like. Someone has hurt you in some way before. You've experienced injustice You've experienced pain, you've been sick, you've been hurt, you have experienced sin. As a result, there's a problem, and this is what Romans goes on to say. It says, hey, look, all of us, no one is foreign to that. All of us have sinned, we've all done something bad, and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. There is none of us that's righteous. No, not one. Not a single one of us is perfect. So what do we do then? We're we're broken We're sinful. We're damaged. We need fixed. We need forgiven. And that's the solution. For the wages of sin is death. And that's what we get. That's what Jesus said in the very beginning. God said, you let this in and bad stuff happens. And they let it in. And bad stuff did. And now we're in trouble. We need help. And there is no reason in the world not to admit that we need help. We cannot save ourselves. We need a savior. We're broken. We're fallen. We need a fix. And so this then, church and unchurched, whoever you might be, is the solution to God's problem. I'm just going to read you a few verses, and I want you to listen. This is an arrangement, if you will, of the Christmas story. The problem is sin and brokenness. The solution is forgiveness. And this is how scripture lays it out. The wages of sin is death. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you 
is born this day in the city of David, Savior, who is Christ, the Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. This son was Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus was delivered up to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God and crucified. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he appeared, and we bring you the good news of what God had promised, and this he fulfilled to us. For God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners and broken and bad, Christ died for us. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man, this Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him, everyone who believes is free. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Thank God Almighty that Jesus shed his blood for us. Amen. Listen, I think there are about three types of people in this room today. Just going to take a guess, but I think it's an educated one. There's a problem with sin. There's a solution of forgiveness. And applying that to our lives, my guess is there's three types of people. Number one, there are those who are undecided. Some of you have probably heard this thing about Jesus, and you're like, yeah, 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 Jesus. But I'm just not really sure, you know? I mean, good stuff. I'm glad for you and your faith. It's okay for you, but I'm not sure if it's really for me quite yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not really ready to think about that. But here's the thing. This morning, since you're sitting in this room, you don't really have the choice but to think about that. You're hearing it right now. You're being presented with it. Now is the moment of decision. And if you walk away, that is your decision. There is, in this sense, no avoiding it. It's in front of you, and it's before you. You've been presented with the reality of your sin, the need for your Savior, and you cannot escape that. And so one way or another, you have to decide this very morning. Do you or do you not accept Jesus as your Savior? Do you believe in Jesus Christ as the only begotten Son of the living God, who is crucified Buried, risen, and coming again. Do you accept that? Walking away is not enough. One way or another, you have to decide. This morning, maybe you've come with one of your family members, and they invited you, and you just went along with it because it's Christmas, and you're here, and whatever. But if you heard this message, you're hearing it because God wants you to. And you need to decide right now, or you need to talk to them in just a bit. Either way, you need to decide. At the end of the service today, we're going to have pastors and elders and Stephen's ministers, basically people who can 
walk you through this. If you want to meet Jesus, just come down. We're not selling anything. We want to give you something. The most precious, expensive, valuable, and exciting gift we could possibly give you. We want to give you Jesus. If you're undecided, you can't leave without making a decision. Now, there's also those people in this room. I'm going to switch for a minute and say, hey, some of you are like, yeah, I'm there. I'm there. I believe in Jesus. Good. But you can't stop there. If it really is what we just said it was, if it is the most precious, the most valuable, the most exciting gift that you could possibly have, why would you not share it with somebody else? All you have to do is simple. You don't even need words. Today's sermon is being recorded. All you have to do is this. Copy and paste. Grab the link, put it in an email, send it to your friend and say, Hey, I care about you so much. I have to share this with you. I want you to watch this, see what you think, listen, and then get back with me. I'll buy you lunch. I'll buy you coffee. I'll talk to you later. I want to hear what you think. This sermon's only going to be X number of minutes long. I'm not going to give away the ending before the start. <laughs> but watch, please. All you have to do is just send it to your friend who is not a person of faith. This sermon will be enough for you to talk to them about it. And finally, there are those of you who are watching right now. You've listened to that that call and that plea from your friend. And I'm telling you, here's what you do right now. In just a moment, you push pause on that screen. And then you bow your head and you close your eyes and you say, God, forgive me. I'm sorry for my sins. I believe in Jesus. He was the only son of God. And I want him to be my savior for now and forever. Amen. Listen, sin doesn't win. We're broken. It's shattered. The glass is all over the floor. If we walk through it ourselves, we're going to get cut. We need something more than a simple cover. We need a savior. We need a solution. The problem is sin. Solution is forgiveness and a fix. We need a fix, guys. Listen. If I was writing the sermon over again, I'd say have faith in the fixer. And the reason is this. There's this war going on, literally like a spiritual war at work in our lives today. And that war is still with sin. Even though the battle's won, even though Jesus has won, Satan has not given up. And there's all kinds of rebellion and skirmishes going on all over the place. And let me tell you something. If you're watching this and you just pushed pause and you prayed, it does not mean that this afternoon, this evening, or tomorrow morning, your life is going to be amazingly better instantly. It doesn't mean that. It's a long-term fight. It is a run. It's a marathon. You cannot stop. Whatever you do, don't stop. Don't give in. That's when you really lose. But incrementally, slowly, gradually, God is going to conform you to the image of his son. He will make you to be more and more like Jesus. And then in the end, he promises perfection, but not until we get there. So it's a lot of work. It's hard work. And I know sometimes when we fight with sin, we have these thoughts that come into our mind like it's not working. 
Nothing is changing. The bad thoughts still come. That sin struggle is still there. I'm not better. What's wrong? Maybe this doesn't work. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't. God's timing is not our timing. You have to have faith in the fixer. Listen, the final say belongs to the Savior. Sin doesn't win. Jesus does. Jesus wins. He's God's gift. He doesn't just forgive. He forgets, fixes. Let's say this. Let's say I really do have magic like my mom. And I'm able to fix that. So the first thing I need to do is I need a little help. So if I get clean up on aisle five, please. I think I have help coming from somewhere. Mr. Noah, Noah Hunt, all right, great, right on cue, sort of. Uh, Noah's awesome. Uh, Noah, can you clean that up for me? I'm about to do a fix. Still be careful afterwards, kids. There's no guarantee that this is uh, perfectly picked up. I'm doing my best. Noah's doing his best. I'm about to fix it. All right, how's it going there, Noah? You got it? All right. All right, I need some help. Let's see here. L, can I borrow one of your boys for a minute? Let's, come on up, young man. All right. You might want to use the stairs. There we go. All right. All right, come this way. Okay, you're going to be my magical assistant. Come over this way. I'm kind of making this up as I go, so hang with me. All right. Ready, guys? All right. What's your name? Felix. Oops, try it one more time. Felix. One more time. Felix. There we go. All right. This is Felix. How old are you, Felix? Six years old. Six years old. Okay. What's in here? Broken glass. Broken glass. Exactly right. All right. I want you to... Give this a little shake like this. Don't pour it out. Don't touch it. Okay? Just give it a little shake. Keep going like this. All right. Everybody watch Felix now. Keep shaking, Felix. Something's going to happen. Keep going, Felix. Everybody watching Felix? Okay. Keep going, Felix. All right. Let me see this. All right, Felix. Very carefully because there's one that I was supposed to break and one that I'm not supposed to break. Wow, what just happened? All right, pull it out. Let's show everybody. Wow, good job, Felix. Way to go. Thanks, buddy. All right. That was amazing. (laughs) You can't look in that thing at all. Do go ahead and look at this, though. You know what this is? This is a beautiful Waterford crystal vase. It was given to us as a wedding present 17 years ago by one of our dear friends. What was their name? (laughs) Yeah, it's perfect. In fact, it's even better than the one that I broke earlier. And this is the idea or the image of creation Fall, redemption, and restoration. 
what you have here originally was a perfect piece of glass. There's nothing wrong with it. It's transparent. It's nice. It's good. But then sin enters and it breaks. And either we break it or it breaks us. But one way or another, it's all messed up. Then God comes in. He sends his only son to forgive us for our sins. He raises us from the dead. And he does real magic, unlike mine. He does a super-duper real trick in which he takes what is broken and ugly and discarded and makes it into something that is beautiful and perfect and new. What does that look like, Pastor? Looks like this. Let me show you what that looks like. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And for the first time, the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. In that new heaven and new earth, he wipes away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be any mourning nor crying nor pain for the former things have passed away. Now he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. There's your fixer. He also said, Write this down, for these words are faithful and true. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit in each month. The leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. For no longer will anything be accursed. But the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord will be their light. And they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. Behold, I'm coming soon. Look, the problem is sin and brokenness. There's nothing that we can do about it. We need a savior to put us back together Heal us, forgive us, and fix us. Have faith, church. Have faith. Believe. I mean, seriously, like you hear all this silly stuff at this time of year. Believe, believe, believe. Have faith. It's the spirit of the season, the magic, and this, and that, and whatever. No, no. Believe in Jesus. Really. Believe in Jesus. Believe, believe, believe. Not just for the forgiveness of your sins but for the fix too. It's not one and done. He's only just begun. He's making all things new even now. As your body is decaying, as you're wearing out, as you're getting tired, as you're struggling with sin, God is doing a new thing and he will fix me and he will fix you and he will fix everyone and everything in our world. Believe in that. And when you do, then you have fortitude for the fight. Then you struggle. Then you come into stuff. But you say, ah, Satan, I know. I know you are trying and you are very effective. And I may have lost yesterday, but God wins in the end. Listen, Jesus wins and he will help 
you. Jesus wins, and he will help you. John Owen, an old Puritan, said it like this. He says, take heart. Listen, if you're fighting sin, that means you're still alive. The only time you get to quit is when you die. But if you're still fighting, that means you're still alive. And But if sin holds sway unopposed in your life, that means you are dead no matter how lively that sin makes you feel. Take heart. Fight on, embattled saint. God is good. Jesus wins, and he will help. The problem is sin. The solution is Jesus. And the outcome is to have faith in the fixer. To him be the glory and honor and praise forever and ever. Amen. Father, we thank you for your solution to Jesus. There's none like him. He is perfect in every way. He gets it all right. Everything we messed up, he can fix. Lord, help us to believe it, even when things are really messed up. Help us to believe, believe, believe in the only begotten Son of the living God, Jesus Christ, our Savior, from sin, who fixes and makes all things new. Thank you, God, for your great gift. Wages of sin is death, but your gift is eternal life in Jesus Christ. Amen.